The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferver. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Look at we made it again. I can't believe we actually did it. Almost two years gone and two times in a row. I'm very yeah. impressed with us. Yay, we're back. This was fun. I look forward to this all week. Me too, especially because of the alcohol. Yeah, what? Because of the alcohol that we consume. What? Actually, no. Like, <laughs> like, am I missing out? <laughs> you know I like my wine, uh, one Chardonnay or nine. Oh, yeah, right. I'm much I've funnier when <laughs> I've observed that on many occasions. Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, what goes at a party stays at a party. Let's talk about your dog, Jasmine. By the way, I'm in love with this dog. She's. I know. Oh, she's God. very, she's just the funniest dog I've ever met. She's so, I mean, she's this She's just strange. I know. She's but no, she's she's a chihuahua mix, yeah. She's a chihuahua mixed she's with rescue. a meerkat. What? We oh. think she's mixed with a meerkat. <laughs> Cuz she's got that meerkat yeah. face. She does and that look in her eye. Uh, yeah, and that character. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she just had her dental yesterday. Mm-hmm. Bless her heart. She had a dental done and she had from where we got her from six months mm-hmm. old, um, she has this canine that sort of sticks out in front rather than sticks down, sticks Snaggle out tooth. in front, and it, yeah, and it traps food. So she had that taken out. Oh. Yeah, she did, because it traps food, and I find it really difficult to, I have to get my fingernail and cry, get the Ew. food out. I just, you know, it was time. It mm-hmm. was time. So, and then she had her, all of her teeth cleaned, oh. some teeth taken out. Because really? Chihuahua's mouths are very um, crowded. They have oh. too many teeth for the little mouths. So, thank you, thank you to my wonderful vet, Dr. Duffy Jones from Peachtree Hills Animal Hospital for treating my jasmine so well. Oh, Barnsley, <laughs> our crazy dog, is going to have his uh, teeth cleaned in June. Yes, so important to keep your dog's teeth clean. It smells like something died in his mouth. Oh my god! And you know, it just takes a few seconds every day, and and I try, and I I fail sometimes, but I try. What what's the best What's the best way to do it? I know because I bought the little finger puppet thing where you do it, and I got the meat toothpaste, and then I used one that's got like brushes in five different ways. It's supposed to, and I can't even get near my dog's mouth. Uh, you know what? I just, I use literally sometimes, and uh, don't write in if this is wrong, please, because you have to find the way that works for your dog. But sometimes I just get, for it, Jasmine's mouth is very sensitive. I get a little bit of cotton wool. I put a little bit of water on it. Mm-hmm. I put a little bit of, um, of toothpaste in it. And then I just, I just, you know, dab it around her teeth. Mm. Because she can't stand any kind of brush, mm-hmm. even the finger. It's too much, too so much in even her mouth. So you- I just do it with my finger and just... You know, get the little bit of cotton wool on my the end oh. of my finger and do it around. So even if you just get that toothpaste on their mouths, that's good. Gonna... Should really brush, but she can't take that. So. Do you do the meat flavored one? Yeah, I do. Mm. She do, she likes it. I mean, she licks it. Really? Up, so. Anyway, and now tell us about dearest Kashmir. Yeah. So my white dog. If you've seen the photos on uh, the positively dot com website, Kashmir's uh, our we call her a bully pit. She's an American bulldog pit mix, and she's had a rough go at it this year so far. 
Um, she had a mass that burst in her, what they call it's the cecum. It's like in a burst appendix uh, for humans. And we didn't know something was wrong. And I knew something was wrong. Four days went by and finally took her to um, a specialist. And uh, it was a cancerous mass that had burst. Uh, good news is that it hadn't spread bad when it had burst, but the bad news is once it burst, it did spread. It's sort of the cancer cells seeded into the soft tissue next to it. So she's doing chemo. Um, but knock on wood, she's going to be fine. She has five treatments over through space three weeks apart. So we're coming up to treatment two. And apparently chemo doesn't affect dogs as much, like 10 to 15% of dogs, they say, uh, actually react like humans do, where you have the sickness, the nausea, the vomiting, but most dogs don't. And luckily cashmere hasn't. So I'm hoping that's a good sign, but, um, they said, you know, hopefully all goes well. It's a one to two year prognosis average. And I think my dog is above average. So I'm thinking, um, we're hopefully going to treat this like a remission and a cure and just treat it like a chronic disease and voila. Um, but, uh, she's, you know, feeling better because she's torturing the cat and trying to steal Barnsley's bones. So all is good. And she's lost some weight. She lost weight and she was overweight. We were trying to, and we were starving her and not really starving her, but we wouldn't give her all the food. And she's now down to her fighting weight of 62 pounds and she looks great and feels great. And I wonder how much of that was because of that mass. I don't know, but you know. But the bottom line is we think positively she gets very uh, spoiled. Um, She gets uh, a lot of attention. She's just, you know, both dogs do anyway. But um, you know what? It really made me step back and appreciate her even that much more. Even though I love her, I just couldn't, you know. And a lot of people thought I was crazy for doing chemotherapy for a dog, but it works. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, I think it's like humans. Eventually, for those who have a lot of animals, at some point, it may get, you know, like just with humans, you will in probably, you know, be exposed to some kind of a animal cancer if you have a lot of pets. So hopefully this is the only one and she'll be fine. But, you know, we're working on it. Well, we'll keep her in our thoughts and prayers. Thank you. She's, she's going to be Wonder Dog. She's one and all. And my little Sadie, she's 13 now. Wow. She's still hobbling along. <laughs> she is. I take her out every day. Look, I, I, walking is so important. And I, I'm a busy person. Um, but when I am at home, um, I walk them every day. And yeah. that's the highlight of her day. And I really think Sadie missed her calling. She has the best nose on her of any dog mm. that I've ever seen. And her nose is always on the ground, and I think she would have been a great search and rescue dog or drug dog. Mm. Or, <laughs> I don't know, my lovely Sadie. So, well, look, you love your dogs. Hug them. Hug them close yes. because you don't know how long you're going to have with them. And Unless you know. you're like that cat in England who's 27. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I thought that was remarkable. I mean, my cat, Ricky, died at 20, and everyone was like, whoa, 20, that's old. And I was... Thought it was pretty lucky that it, he was so old. 27. Do you know, I met a dog that I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was around 22 years old. What? A dog? Yes, it was a dog. And it was a dog in the UK. And I, re- I met it. I was doing some talk somewhere in Essex. And I met this dog. Um, and it was it was a kind of collie mix and I think it was, I mean, this is a long time ago, and it definitely was above 20 years old. Wow. It was one of the oldest dogs. I mean, that, what, in human years is about 150. 
yeah. 200 more. Well, they said, they said the, um, cat, the 27 year old cat was equivalent to 125 year old person, which is Ooh, amazing. That is but amazing. you know what? I guess too, you think about it with humans, we're living longer. So and the more we take care of our animals and do things to prolong their life, like chemo treatments for my eight year old dog, think about it. They're going to live longer. Like she'll live to a hundred. I'm sure that I'm going to have to will her to somebody, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's remarkable, isn't it? It is remarkable. And, um, that's what I say. So, you know, any dog that you have, get them out, get them exercised, keep them fit, feed them good food, and hopefully you can prolong your dog's life as much as possible. Um, moving from that mm-hmm. to our guest. Today. I know. Yeah, he's rather wonderful, and um, his name is Nando Brown, um, and he and his company's called In the Dog House. He does some fabulous videos that you can watch him training his new his new puppy, but also a whole load of videos on positive training. And um, he used to be a punitive trainer. He's now a positive trainer, and he's a, a, a clicker trainer. He does search and rescue. He does He's a trick trainer. He does behavioral issues. I mean, he does the whole thing. And he is a fabulous person because he just shows that mm-hmm. even if you're a tough guy you can still train in a force-free fear-free way and you did you were at crufts with him and you did i did i was very lucky in fact a lot of people were very jealous of me because <laughs> we got to film a web series that you can see on on our on our website and um yeah it was it was great we we uh, kind of wrecked havoc around crafts and <laughs> asked people a lot of different questions. Have you ever gone up to a policeman and asked them what pilo erection is? No, nor would I. Okay, so if you want to know, <laughs> if you want to see the answer, you've got to watch the series, okay? okay? It's called Crufts 2014. All right, well, let's get him on the phone. The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. It's a phone! Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! Nando, how are you doing? We, we last met at Crofts about two weeks ago now. Um, and I heard that you weren't feeling very well. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the mend. I'm, I'm getting there slowly. Um, I'm certainly not one to complain, especially after having such a, a great time at Cross. Now, did you get flu or was it man flu? <laughs> well, um, I'm, I think it's a new strain of man flu, actually. I think it was, um, it's been taken to a whole new level. <gasps> what is man flu? Is that a British thing? <laughs> oh, have you not heard of man flu? <laughs> no. Okay, it's okay because men aren't as strong as women, so oh. that when they get ill, <laughs> even with a cold, it's really bad. It's like the end of the world, and we call it man flu. Death no, I, I'm sorry, Nando. I really didn't mean to be like that. I, I know you were really poorly. And in fact, you've been so poorly that, um, you know, you're just getting over it now. Anyway, we're so pleased that you can join us. And, um, for all of those of you who don't know Nando Brown, he's just probably one of the most outspoken and wonderful trainers regarding positive methods. Um, Nando, tell us a little bit about how you came to be a trainer and, and how you changed your philosophies. Um, well, I think I kind of did what, what a lot of people do, and, um, and they make mistakes that are... Uh, they're very easy to make. Um, I got the wrong kind of dog uh, at the wrong time, from the wrong place. I did all the wrong things. 
Um, and I was looking in the wrong places for information. Um, so I ended up <laughs> making a massive hash of my first dog and, um, I didn't really find one place where I could get that information from. So what I've tried to do is become that trainer where I can get as much information out so people don't make the same mistakes that I've made. And how have you seen the difference from where the way you used to train to the way that you teach now? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're completely separate ends, uh, completely opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. Because well, when I first started out, I thought it was all very, um, it was very old school tactics. I had, I thought I had to be very hard because I had quite a strong breed. I had a canic also, um, and I was constantly told that he needed a heavy hand. Um, and now I realise. Not only was <laughs> I didn't need to do that kind of thing, but actually it's much more effective to train just with a little bit more patience, a little bit more patience and um, and just using scientific principles really speeds up the learning. It's much, much more reliable. So ethics aside, it's just more effective. And how do you see the relationship between you and your dogs now? I mean, you've got quite a few dogs, don't you? And obviously, you teach a lot of people. You train trainers, and you, you teach a lot of people um, with their own dogs. How do you see the relationship now? Um, well, certainly with my own dogs, the relationship is... Um, I've, I've always loved dogs. It's, it's not like when I, when I used old-school training te techniques, I loved the dogs then. And, you know... Um, I think that's one thing that a lot of people misunderstand. All, all dog trainers, no matter what methods they use, they love their dogs. Um, but the bond undoubtedly gets much, much deeper when you're using kind of methods. Because um, in any relationship, trust is really important. And as soon as you start to um, betray that trust, then there's going to be an element of doubt on, on your behavior. The dog's going to be worried about what you might do next. So keeping that trust intact, for me, is it's really important. And Nanda, question for you, because I'm not a dog trainer. I am a dog lover and have dogs and uh, would do anything. I like animals more than people most of the time. But um, what advice for would you give for someone like me who comes upon somebody who might do sort of that dominance training to try to explain to them you really should be doing positive training? Can, can you sort of give me some tips on how to gently change people's minds like your mind was changed? Yeah. But, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for me is I found myself having problems and um, I went to a trainer who was very old school um, and I found myself doubting myself because I thought, I'm the one with the problem dog. This person is a professional. They must know what they're talking about. So I doubted myself and I put all my trust in that, in that trainer. What I should have done was realize that this is my dog. And if there's anything, if there's anything, any little doubt in your mind, you can say no. 
You don't have to follow that advice. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever it is. It's your dog. If you're worried about your dog, say no. Ask as many questions as you like because a decent trainer will be pleased that you're actually asking for, for more information instead of um, getting defensive and worried um, about them kind of trying to cover up the, the techniques which might hurt a dog. Um, at the end of the day, it's your dog. If you don't feel happy, just say no. I think that I think you're so right. You've got to be the advocate for your own dog. And I, I think it's sometimes difficult for people because they do, if somebody says they're a professional, they do trust them. And, um, and, and even if they might be a little bit uncomfortable with the methods used, they still go along with it because that person's a professional. Um, we're very excited to have you speak at the Dog Bite Conference. We're having the second National Dog Bite Prevention and Behavior Conference in the UK, June the 6th and the 7th, and um, you're going to be a speaker for us. What are you going to be speaking about? Well, I'm going to be uh, touching on the subject for, for people that have got grumpy dogs <laughs> and giving them some stuff to do. Um, a lot of the time when you have a grumpy dog, you can feel really isolated, um, and I want people to realize there's stuff out there that you can get involved in and actually you can help your dog. Um, so that's how I'm going to tackle it. And I am super excited to be talking with you guys too. I wonder, can you do it with grumpy husbands? Because I got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. I'm afraid, uh, I'm afraid uh, I'll stick to dogs. I'm, uh, I'm not even going to pretend I know the, the first thing about the opposite sex. <laughs> all right, all right. So I need to find out to you and Vic worked uh, Crufts together. You guys were, uh, you did some really great videos. They were fun. They were so much fun to watch. Did you have a good time doing it? And give us some dirt on Victoria. Was she fun to work with? <laughs> I wish I could give you some dirt on Victoria. We just had such a good laugh. Um, <laughs> ran around, doing lots of questions, a few competitions. Um, we got some free stuff, which is always cool. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just a really, really good, light-hearted bit of fun. Um, and uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable. You know, for me, uh, because when you're when I'm working in my business and as a trainer, you can feel quite isolated and what's so great about um working with other trainers and being at crufts is that i get to hang out with people like nando brown and mm-hmm. steve mann and jordan shelley and 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 uh, um all these sarah fisher all these amazing people joe pay a lot of my victoria still positive dog trainers and and that that just makes me feel great so when Nando and I were filming together, it was it was the best time. We had a laugh, and it was kind of nice to relax and and, and chill out, as it were. Um, but so, will you will you be at Crofts again next year? Yeah, I think so. Um, Crofts is Crofts is great for networking. It's, it's, it's such a nice time, as you say, to hang out with like minded people, um, and, and the shopping is, is amazing as well. So, I think yeah, Crofts is always going to be a Something I try and attend every year. So, um, just I know that you deal with all kinds of dogs all the time, but was there any sort of breed or dog that really stood out that was wow, that was either different or kooky or weird or something you had never seen before, or is this pretty much old hat to you? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, 
Michelle Squintley. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what that was. <laughs> yes, that was me running around people asking them questions. I was blagging it. I didn't have a clue what that dog was. I don't know what it is either. Shadow Squintley. It's a Mexican hairless dog. And it's, oh. I think this is the third year now, or is it the fourth year, that it's uh, been included in Westminster. It hasn't come over to the UK, or it's not included in the crops in the, or dog shows in the UK. But, um, but yeah, and it's it's... I wouldn't say it's the most attractive-looking dog. Oh, ever. I'm going to look it up. It's, it's kind of, yeah, but, but it's wonderful to get people to try and pronounce it, which was one of the things that we did that was when we funny. were filming. Because, of course, it's spelt very strangely, and it's really, really hard to pronounce. But, um, yeah, so we, we had a really good time, and, um, and I think, you know, Crufts is in so many ways, it's just more than a dog show. And I think that's why a lot of us love being there, because even though if you're not a dog show person, it still doesn't matter because there's so much more um, than just actually showing dogs. And, and it's a celebration of dogs. So, um, Nando, if, there's, if you had a couple of tips before we finish, if you have a couple of tips for our listeners about training their own dogs, what would they be? Um, I think it's... it's... There is some amazing information available out there nowadays on the internet. You can you can find information about anything you want, but you do need to be careful because there is tons of good information and there is tons of, quite frankly, crap information. Um, so I think it's important that you find yourself a trainer that you believe in and that you trust, um, either like one of your VSPDT gang or uh, the IMDT crew, whoever you can relate to and then follow that advice. But it's so important for me, if, if you feel uncomfortable, you've got to say no. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I, before we leave you, you have just been entertaining me and all of your followers with your fabulous videos on training your beautiful dog, Fizz. Um, and if people want to find out more and watch Nando training puppy Fizz, who is just the most adorable dog, um, then where would they go, Nando? Uh, well, Fizz has got her own Facebook page. You can find her. <laughs> um, if you just search for Incredimal, um You'll be able to find the page is actually called Incredimal Raising Fizz. Um, find that if you've got any questions, feel free to uh, to send me a message via there, and, uh, and we'll try and help you out. And also, too, I, I like your uh, website in the doghouse. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, so that's a good resource too. I, I was reading up on that. I learned a few things from you, Nando. <laughs> Excellent. That's always that's always a good thing. Thank you so much for joining us, and you carry on. Keep doing what you're doing, and I will see you in June at Lincoln University for the second National Dog Bite Prevention and Behavior Conference. I cannot wait. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Nando. Bye, Nando. What was the name of that dog again? A Shutuwatu? What did he say? It's a Sherlock Squintly. A what? A Sherlock Squintly. Which okay. is a Mexican hairless dog. All right. Well, that dog, that video you guys did was hysterical. So um, I, I think everyone needs to go and find it. Is it on Positively.com? It is on Positively.com, yes. Okay, good. It was great to talk to him. He was really cool. Um, but our mailbox doth runneth over. So how about we do some more 
questions for you and ask Victoria. Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what? What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, You obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is brought to you by our friends at Adaptil. Dogs get anxious and stressed just like humans, and just like humans, they don't always express it in the best way. Many pet owners might not realize these unwanted behaviors, such as excessive barking, soiling in the house, hiding and destroying household items, are caused by stress. All kinds of things can create stress for your puppy or dog, including loud noises, new people and surroundings, traveling and being left alone. Adaptil is clinically proven to help reduce or eliminate stress-related behaviors by mimicking the natural pheromones pets use to communicate. It has a calming effect on your dog, which makes your home a happier and quieter place for everyone. Adaptil is available in a collar, diffuser, spray, and wipes to help you keep your pet, your dog calm in just about any situation. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. To find out more on how Adaptil can help your dog's behavior, check them out at adaptilus.com. All right, our first question is from Roxanne in Salisbury. Salisbury. Here we go again. Here we go again. It's like a steak. Salisbury is what it looks like. Um, Well, Roxanne uh, says, Tilly, her pug, was always a little nervous of dogs. She took her to puppy classes to help socialize her. On her first walk, she says, I unfortunately was just about to leave my home when an aggressive dog off the lead attacked her, which you can imagine has ruined her confidence with any dog. It's so sad as she loves to play. What can I do to gain her trust and realize they aren't all bad? The only thing that helps... A little is the ball she plays with while out to distract her. Help, please. Oh, bless her heart. You know, it only takes one attack like that for a lifetime of fear. That happened to my dog, Barnsley, who's now dog aggressive and has issues. And it's just a defense mechanism. It's the dog just saying, go away. I I remember what another dog did to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want you near me. Um, I think it's really great that she's using a ball something that the, that her dog really likes to distract her to redirect her i don't normally like the word distract i think redirect is better because mm-hmm. you're redirecting the dog's attention away from something that causes fear to something that's that's good um and that the dog likes but uh, but i also there's a couple of things you can do to to sort of re-socialize um last week i talked about the the, the bomb proof dog mm-hmm. and um having a dog that, that your dog can greet that's very calm, that that has really good language, that um, is a sort of good ambassador for dogs, very social. Um, and But also I find that when you get a dog that maybe suffered a trauma like that and you walk it with another dog, that dog is more able to greet other dogs. Do you see what I mean? And they so, can sort of see that behavior and yes, see it's not scary or frightening. They gain and, confidence from what how they see the other dog greeting and another it, dog. It would also, too, be a shield so that dog doesn't come to your dog who might exactly. be skittish. It sort of 
redirects their energy as well. I'm all about dogs learning from other dogs, as long as those other dogs are good ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And and I do think they can get a lot of confidence from that. They get a lot of confidence from you. So, you know, the the, the person also has to be confident as well. Mm-hmm. And if you, your dog has been attacked and you are aware of that, then of course, naturally, you're going to be nervous, aren't you? So if she can find another dog that she can walk her dog with, that they can greet other dogs with, that might help. Try it. Okay, that's good. And you know what? By saying that, my one dog is a little like that Barnsley and Cashmere. When we walk them together, you're right. Cashmere goes up to another dog. She'll greet the other dog. She's fine. Barnsley doesn't get quite so excited about it. So, And that's, and again, you don't have to pressurize. If your dog turns away, don't force. Mm-hmm. Say, okay. Then this dog is this dog doesn't want to greet, or this other dog is is maybe too much for for my dog to greet. It's okay. All right, this is from Jean in Lincolnshire. Got oh, that one? No, you didn't. Lincoln, what? Lincolnshire. It says you got Lincolnshire. The no, but it's Shire is but is sure. Why don't they just spell it as H U R? There's a place in Illinois, and it's called Lincolnshire. But there you go, Illinois. Why is it called Ill? Okay, Arkansas. Arkansas. Why isn't why why don't you pronounce it like that? But it's Arkansas. So you Americans do it too. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Uh, here's Jean, and she says, "I have a new Sheltie puppy, and he barks at our two cats. He's 11 weeks now. What could we there do you to stop go. this? You've got the Sheltie, and the Shelties are the barkers of the dog world. <laughs> d- d- if you didn't want a dog barking, don't get a Sheltie. Um, all right. So." Is it when the cats are just hanging out or is it the cats when they're playing, when they're moving? Does the dog have high prey drive? I mean, Shelties can be great herders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that might just get the pup really excited and the pup might want to go herd the the cats and then you got the dog um, barking. Um, I wonder how do the cats react? Most cats probably just sort of look at the dog and go, oh, turn their backs. (laughs) Um, This is a tricky one. I think I would teach the dog a cue to stop barking. Mm-hmm. So um, I would manage the, the environment first so that um, the dog, that the cats aren't running around in front of the dog to excite the dog, mm-hmm. if, if possible. Um, and you know, I could share time. So the dog will sometimes be in the room and the cats will be in another room and then the cats can come into, you know, they can do a swap so they're not always with each other. Um, so I like sort of management as well to see what would work, what would set my dog up for success. Um, but if you got the, the, the dog and the cats together, um, I love to teach barking dogs to bark mm-hmm. so that I can then cue them to stop. Um, I would sometimes potentially, not with all dogs, it all depends on the situation and why they're barking, is if the dog's barking too much, just remove it. Take it out just for a time out. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Bring the dog back in again. The dog barks. You just go out. It's not a punishment. Mm-hmm. It's like you bark, you leave. That's the way it is. And um, and so the only way that you can stay in the room and be with everybody is if you're quiet. Um, that can be a kind of like a timeout situation. Again, it's not a punishment. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of getting dog into the frame of mind where it can learn again. Um, I would start redirecting the dog onto a toy or doing something like that because a dog that has a toy in its mouth can't bark. Mm-hmm. Give the puppy something else to do in the presence of these cats. 
Okay, and uh, we have time for one more question, and this is Hannah from Sweden, and they spell everything correctly there. Um, I have a 12-week-old high-drive Australian Shepherd puppy that just won't stop biting. It's his way of playing or trying to get attention. He will constantly jump at us, bite, tug, block us, and lunge, yelping like I'm in pain won't help. That just triggers him to bite more. Biting is so rewarding for him that it's hard to redirect. What should we do? You got a German Shepherd. They love Australian biting. Australian Shepherd. Australian Shepherd, yeah, yeah. sorry. Again, another herder. Um, and, yeah, you got a puppy here. Everything everything goes into their mouth. <laughs> um, everyone's laughing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, um, did because... I say something weird? No. Okay. Um, Except for Shropshire and Shro- yeah, Lincolnshire. It's an Aust- and- All right. So, Okay. <laughs> Um, London Shirt. Oh, I can tell you more names, but we can we can go down that path <laughs> another time. Back to the Australian um, Shepherd. <laughs> all right. You know, when pups are young like this, it's like a human baby. Everything mm-hmm. goes into the mouth. The mouth sort of discovers everything, discovers the environment. So that's what pups doing and mm-hmm. um, playing and except, but their teeth are very sharp and they can get overexcited. And so they have to be taught that that kind of play is not appropriate. Again, use lots of toys, redirect any puppy biting onto toys so that your your pup can bite something um, like a toy rather than your skin or rather than a piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it's just biting stops play. Biting stops attention. You come over and you bite me, I'm just going to go out and walk away. Or I'm going to get out walk away and just close the door. And then pup's going to go, oh, why, why, why did I do that? And then I'll come back in again, and if pup starts to bite me again, mm, sorry. Again, it's not a punishment. You're not going, stop it. But you're just going, oh, dear. You're just using your body language to go, didn't like that, I'm going. And it kind of hurts their feelings a little. They're yeah. like, where are you going? Well, you other know? dogs will do that to dogs, and other pups will do that to other puppies. If it gets too too rough, they'll just take themselves and go away. You can do that as a human being as well. Much less confrontational because if you're like, ah, or if you're, you know, you um, squeal, no, sometimes that can. That can just excite them even more. And if you tell them off or you, you, you know, you do some kind of physical punishment, it's just going to make the dog more excitable. All right. Good to know. And uh, if you guys have more questions, you can always email us your questions to podcasts at positively.com. Not like we don't have thousands over the past two years, but you know what? We want them all because Victoria is a fountain of knowledge. Wow. Two weeks in a row. We made it. We did. That concludes another podcast. Thank you so much to Nando for coming on the phone with us. And also thank you to Adaptal, who are our sponsors. We're a little rusty. I feel a little rusty. Like, I feel like I'm not funny anymore, but we'll work on that. Holly, you're always funny. <laughs> That's just you making fun Do you know what? Maybe okay. we should do some sort of competition that win a night with Holly. I mean, not a night. What? No, win an evening. <laughs> win an evening. An evening. Then you'll see how funny she is. <laughs> oh my well, god, I think we better I think we better leave it right off now. In droves. Yeah, they're like, wow, what kind of podcast is this? I'm leaving before there's more trouble. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.